0: So, thank you for tuning in to Quality Violence Cinema. We got a special guest, Scott Philip Gergens here. Thank you for inviting me. I wanted to get a little bit into your art. Um, so, what got you into art in the first place?
1: Well, I would say that I've I've just always been doing art. It's uh, what I would do when I'm not doing anything else, uh, and it became um, just what drove me. Um, in you know, as as I got older. Uh but you know, instead of paying attention in school maybe or, or doing other things, I would be doodling or creating things. Um and um and then uh, I just realized that as I took art classes um uh going through school that uh there might be something there um for myself, like you learn it was it was interesting and then the teachers seemed to think that um uh um giving me more to do or pushing me in different directions. So that was, that was nice. And, um, and, you know, and really I felt like I had these ideas and these thoughts in my head as time went on and, uh, it was a way to get them out there. Um, and that's the way it is for film as well. Um, Mm -hmm. and, um, and writing, I mean, cause I write as well. Not a lot of it gets out there to people, but I mean, I had to write the story for 29 needles, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, uh, I just went on and, um, and I got a, uh, in, in high school, I just concentrated in art courses and, um, and, uh, teachers noticed and I got a, um, a, an art scholarship with the help of one of my um, art teachers, um, actually the insistence of, um, cause I was like, ah, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and then, um, I realized, uh, after I got the scholarship, what was I going to do with it? And I just decided to go to get an associate's degree and figure, see if I could figure stuff out then.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and, um, I just kind of what I figured out was that I didn't want to go to school anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that's the long and the short of it. So I was like, Oh, I'll just teach myself. Um, and uh, years later, after moving around, I ended up in Boston and um, the bug got back into me to kind of experiment with video again, um, which I had done as a teenager with friends. Um, and, uh, and, you know, I kind of were like, I'd like to learn how to do this a little bit better. So I took a couple courses in Boston um, and uh, learned how to like shoot on film and cut and splice that film uh, creating fades and all these other things like naturally, um, uh, in, in like a, in a, in a room where you're literally cutting film. Um, and that was, that was interesting. It's definitely like, um, good to know the basics, but I, I'm glad that I don't have to do that. I mean, I can do the digital side of things, um, these days, but, uh, I, I um, it was, it was, it was nice, um, just having that and, uh, realizing that, I want to learn on my own and um and i was going to go to um uh film school uh but it ended up where i met a couple people and they're like you know you're going to spend a lot of money and you're going to learn the same things that if you go and um you might be getting and working right next to somebody that spent you know sixty thousand dollars on their um education um, and you, um, you can go and learn, um, on your own, just becoming a production assistant, doing things, getting jobs and, and learning and just, you know, becoming a sponge. So I was like, I can do that. You Especially know? about so, how many
0: online classes and type things you can do. And I thought about the same thing. I'm just learning basically Adobe and learning editing programming just to basically yeah. get a certificate is enough for me, you know? Um, yeah. I don't really care otherwise than that. I try to do art school too, but I've been a little bit of gallery design, but I just felt it was just a lot of people just smelling their own farts and wasn't into it. But yeah.
1: (laughs) I mean, I think, I think that there's certainly a, um, a, a use for it and it gets people that direction. But I realized that the direction was different than I wanted to do. And I felt like what I'm going to be creating is more out of my head and not out of somebody else's head. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm like, uh ah, maybe I just kind of try to figure out how to do it myself. And I was inspired by a lot of people that did things that way. Um, you know, where they're just like, I am just gonna do it. I'm gonna mm-hmm. do what I wanna do and and the the details will come later. So
0: You think there's um, a big influence from like your um art that you create uh, versus your films? Like do you think they tie into each other?
1: Um I do I do. There's certainly like um you know, coming from the same space, uh, telling a story, uh, art to me is, um, is just a static image of a whole, um, piece outside of, um, of that. And you're maybe just capturing an emotion, um, or capturing, um, a scene or a feeling or whatever you're doing. Um, but there's certainly like a a cross to that. And, um, and uh it's it's a way to kind of uh exercise demons so to speak to mm-hmm. kind of get them out there and um and let them have a life of their own mm-hmm. yeah so
0: so can you go more into the actors names being based on famous surreal artists
1: i just i just uh thought um when i was naming the characters i was like okay well i want there to be some type of reason for their names Mm um nobody need to have had to know Mm -hmm. um but that naming people is not fun in a movie (laughs) it's like everything just sounds so stupid and a lot of the names i'm like oh who who's even named these names these days yeah. that I picked, you know? So oh yeah, it's
0: not like names like the Ninja Turtles, you know, where they're obvious like obvious artists and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. but
1: yeah, so I um I, I just uh, um Francis Bacon is um a, an artist that uh, I was really um drawn to um and uh, I love his work and um I thought okay well there was that side with art and, and I, okay, he's a surrealist painter and I, maybe I need to do that. And that's kind of where it stemmed from. It's like all the characters were named from, um, surrealist painters, um, artists, uh, and, um, um, even, uh, there was a a dream sequence, um, with the fingers. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, there's a character named, um, uh, um, her, real name is barbie satin um but the character's name it might have only been in the the credits um, dolly and it was mm. thought that that could be like d-o-l-l-y or d-a-l-i mm-hmm. right, right. uh yeah but um and so some of them there were there were spoken names and some of them but i i just kind of thought that that was a good way to to tie in another element because the whole feel of the movie was very surreal mm-hmm. um and at times Um, The surrealist artists would depict kind of the um, the type of surrealism that was brought to that character or the movie, Um, because Francis Bacon got very dark, and there was a um, a side of him. I mean, uh, that was um, just really intriguing to me. Mm -hmm. And I love the dark
0: side of Francis Bacon. I've seen some of his artwork; it's crazy. Yeah. Um, So, uh, was there any inspiration from Bob Flanagan?
1: No, um, I, uh, if there was, I'm not sure. I'm not familiar with, um, all he's, he's,
0: about. a the documentary for sick. He's basically he had, um, I forget what disease was just where a lot of fluid just always developing in your lungs. Um, but he decided to get over the pain by just basically inflicting pain on himself. Um, and so he uh, had like a mistress that basically just went his entire life inflicting pain on him, but he would do like a whole art exhibit of himself. Um, just, taking that pain, doing, you know, being at hanging or doing whatever, just different things to, uh, but it's, it's weird because Brooke, um, looks very similar to, um, Bob Flanagan. Okay. Um, there's actually like a very close appearance. Um,
1: I'll have to look into that. I do recall seeing the cover of, um, that film, but I did not know the details of the film and I hadn't seen it. So, oh, it's a great um, documentary. Yeah. I'll have to check it out. Cause that does sound very intriguing to me. So, um, no, it wasn't influenced by that, but, um, uh, Brooke had a really very specific look, um, that, mm-hmm. uh, um, really was, uh, captivating.
0: So. Yeah, no, I agree. I totally agree. Yeah. And rest in peace for sure. Yeah. Um, no, the
1: S and M scene though, um, certainly, uh, uh, influenced, um, the creation of the film in a major way, it, um, um, it was very intriguing to me, uh, how people would derive pleasure, um, from pain. And, uh, and as I mentioned before, um, that, you know, just kind of like the idea of a serial killer, there's, there's, um, there's a gratification that, uh, that they seem to get when they're inflicting harm on somebody else and the fear that they're inflicting. Um, so I kind of wanted to play with those two things and mm-hmm. see what would come of it in a uh, character study.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are there any other connections to John Waters besides the alley scene, uh, where divine eats dog shit and Willie making the, to- um, the Mary, the talking Mary and pecker.
1: Um, interestingly enough, um, I did not know about that, uh, turd eating scene from pink flamingos when I was making the movie. Um, I actually worked um, later years later um, for Pat Moran who um, whose dog it was that divine ate the turd from. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Oh, that's my house. I'm like, really? Cause in the movie, it was a different angle and I didn't know where it was. And mm-hmm. I'd seen it a million times, but I really didn't know. It's a block away from my house. Yeah. Um, and it was because, yeah, it was because I was filming at that house that he walks into. Um, and i was like okay it's easy to do right here and so it was just all coincidence and i didn't know that um willie um working on uh pecker um that willie found me um through an ad i was posting so um i mean it's baltimore and yeah it's have, you had, all, have you
0: had run-ins yeah. with john waters at all or any of the cast or crew or like anything he's used
1: um well i mean i've I, i've i know john waters uh um, oh, cool. but um yeah but uh and i i mean mink stole i've um I've met and um some of the other uh,
0: yeah I met John Waters cool. at a book signing thing it was kind of nice to be able to chit chat with him ask him about like Lloyd Kaufman and stuff and you know
1: yeah yeah he's, he's it's great it's a small community in Baltimore that um is very uh i don't know they're just it's very casual about the whole thing um you know um he doesn't take his um himself too seriously and it's um he'll just walk around everywhere and you know it's no big deal
0: no i love that about him he seemed really like easy to talk to and just kind of nonchalant yeah um uh what is the deeper meaning with the needles
1: the deeper meaning um well they're a direct reference to um albert fish Mm -hmm. um who was like america's like first major serial killer and uh he's a child killer and pedophile and justified it all based upon, you know, religion. Um Mm -hmm. and uh that was a really interesting um I I thought this is this is what a monster is. And um and the when I read about um Francis Bacon and looked into that, I kind of thought you know, when he was found, he was found with 29 needles in his, uh, like, pelvis, re- in his pelvic region. Mm-hmm. Um, and I uh, thought, that's really interesting. So, um, I, uh, that was, like, kind of, like, the point where I was, like, the serial killer and the bondage and domination. And yeah. how could I create this? So, like, instead
0: of somebody being tortured by that, somebody that's doing it on themselves because they're, yeah. they're themselves tortured, you know. Tormented, yeah. tormented, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's where that came from. And I just thought that that was interesting and it was, it was a nice reference. And um, that, that title came early on and it feels like um, it helped um, generate the rest of the story uh, where once I started kind of diving into that, and I thought, okay, that's the name of my movie, 29 Needles. Mm-hmm. And then how am I going to, now where am I going to go with that? And what's going to go? So mm-hmm. um, I took pieces and moved them about. But um, I like to have a title first, um, mm-hmm. you know, so it it helps me um, help that grow organically.
0: Yeah. I mean, did you ever have thoughts of making Brooke actually be more of a serial killer and like turning into a serial killer or are you just planning that for like a future film?
1: Um, no, I, th- I thought that I wanted it to be more about um, the, the torture that um, the character was going through uh, and, and, how, how, what any of the pain, whether it's on that character or somebody else might be doing to help him, um, that character specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't about like, um, you know, uh, being a serial killer so much, but mm-hmm. that, uh, that mentality, um, mixed in with, with that.
0: More just a kind of a, a slightly explaining, uh, the possibility of turning into a serial killer, yeah. Yeah, yeah um that's cool, um how did you pull off the shots um to make them look so realistic with the needles like were they pro- I know that part of it were real needles, but when they're inserting and using that, like how did you achieve those shots those shots
1: uh, well, <laughs> Brooke wanted to put the needles in um and I'm like no no no, no, we're not gonna do that, um yeah. Uh, there was a lot of things that Brooke was willing to do. And I'm like, I, we're like kind of, I mean, it, <laughs> it was guerrilla filmmaking here. And I'm like, if somebody gets injured, I don't know what the, I, I don't know how we're going to get to a hospital and um, describe mm-hmm. this and who um, might get in trouble for any of that. So, um, I mean, we got needles. Uh, I got needles and, um, and then it would just basically, it was just camera editing. Mm-hmm. You know, put touch to the skin and then pull away and see the reaction. And then we used um wire cutters and cut to the base and then and then next scene you see it looks like inside of them and then a sound effect of it sounded like a needle
0: snapping, snapping. Yeah.
1: And then there's already there's already a little bit of fake blood on the end of the needle that you had left and then you pull it away and yeah.
0: Yeah, so it was effective. It definitely worked, and especially yeah, where yeah, you're, it's I not like, like it's over subtle. the top with the blood. Yeah, because you weren't over the top with the blood. It, it was more realistic of what would you know right. occur. So, right. and I think that's important because a lot of people don't realize, you know, like or they do like, but you know, a lot of cuts and things and different things don't actually cause a lot of blood. Um, right, so they right. over-exaggerate it, and a lot of times for effect, I guess. But you know, yeah, I
1: didn't. I didn't need I didn't need to go to Tarantino territory. With <laughs> that. No. It was a geyser. Geyser from a <laughs> No, yeah, that wasn't a it's not a comedy. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. No, for sure. Um what sample music did you send to Andrew to compose like the score?
1: Oh, um so good question. I um I created a lot of the um some of the some part it that's my the chair is a little sure weird. Sure it is. Um, not sure. uh, yeah. <laughs> um so I created some weird sounds that might come in whenever the the masked figures would appear or, or other things um, that were just kind of unsettling um, sounds of animals um, distorted and in reverse. And um, as well as, um, uh, um, I think that there were some electronic things that were happening that were kind of uh, distorted so it was like um, I created that um, and he kept a lot of that and went with it and and I said um uh, I wanted it to feel like nature was distorted um, mm. and so use a lot of um, uh, other sounds that, of things that um, aren't necessarily used as instruments so that was and I kind of left the rest to him and he did some amazing work okay.
0: mm-hmm. no it sounded really great
1: yeah
0: um did you ever release those tape cassettes that you were talking about with the soundtrack
1: um which which uh, there's uh, a uh, reference the there's
0: a uh the soundtrack i mean it was supposed to be there was because he came out with the cd oh, but there yeah. was, there there's was supposed there's supposed to be there's... tape cassettes that were made he
1: never did that it, it may who knows it may happen yeah It may may happen.
0: Yeah, yeah, my follow-up is, like, are you going to ever do vinyl? Like, maybe put out a... Well,
1: I think that there might be a better chance of even doing vinyl. Mm -hmm. um, Like, a really limited vinyl run, if there would ever be an interest to that. It's expensive. Mm -hmm. um, I think it'd be worth it. I think it might be really neat to just do a vinyl run, because that's great and everything.
0: It can Um, come with a needle, because then it's... Yeah,
1: Yeah, exactly, yeah. No, Mm -hmm. so um, I think people can do a lot of fun things with vinyl these days mm-hmm. um, and a really limited run can be really, really interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think so. Um, sorry, let's go uh I know your film took many years um, to put together, but how much of it was filming and how much of it was post-production?
1: Most was post. Um, most of the, um, like, the filming itself took about a year and a half, I think. Um, And it was all volunteer crew. Um, A lot of the time, um, it might've been two years, Um, but there were delays with just trying to create some of the special effects. Um, And uh, it was well beyond um, what had been done by the people that were working on it. So Mm -hmm. it's like, that that was some of the delay. But really, I mean, we were just like, I would call Brooke up and said, okay, weather is good on Saturday for us filming. So I like to film when, um, there was overcast because it was really good for creating a nice, um, yeah. filter for the sunlight. So, um, it wasn't, it was easier to film in that. And um, it's so anyway. washed
0: out too. You get better, yeah. richer colors a lot of times. Yeah.
1: So, um. That was those those are the major delays um for the actual filming part because um, it was when the talent could be there and um and then outdoor outdoor days what the what the weather was right and um and then the effects um but post was just basically Andrew spending a lot of time needing to fix my mistakes <laughs> yeah <just laughs> and, um, not like, individually just,
0: tracking and stuff and
1: yeah, cuz I I I was a one-man team for most the entire time. So I I did not record the audio separately. It was all with the video and it was a mess. So, did you ever really think about just
0: taking that out and just um going over and sub like dubbing it in a way?
1: Um I suppose we could have thought of that. Mm-hmm. Um and it was an option, but we were just kind of already so down that one direction that I don't know, just felt like I was releasing it, and when it was ready, it was going to be ready. So yeah,
0: makes sense. Yeah, yeah.
1: Now I do love like a good dubbed movie. Like I come from uh, the appreciation of the old Italian horrors, um, and all of them had some really. But I didn't want to go that direction, and I feel like a lot of times um, that type of stuff, um, like working back and then re-recording audio. Can it? It wasn't creating the what I wanted. It, especially mm-hmm. if it was a little bit off. And yeah, and especially
0: I, I, you, usually these actors like they go trained to do voiceover. It's hard. It's really challenging it, to get the lip movement to make it seem like it's realistic to the yeah, timing. Yeah. Mm. Yeah.
1: So it's like my skills aren't there for that yet. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, it makes sense. So you kind of, especially with a budget of like two thousand or three, 000, you know, two three thousand dollars. Yeah,
1: which doesn't include post and promotion and everything else, you know, cause you know, submitting to festivals or I think like that, but the actual creation. Yes. That's what it was. Yeah. Um, well,
0: what do you feel was the biggest challenge of making the film?
1: Um, um, some of the makeup effects were very challenging. The movie um, in script was going to go, a different direction um a little bit um and um i had to cut some of that because it was just like time and effects were just not on our side and like we gotta we gotta we gotta wrap this thing up <laughs> mm-hmm. um so that was a challenge um i would say some people might say that finding the talent would have been a challenge but i think that was a really interesting part and certainly really helped with character study you know because it's like the interviewed hundreds of people, um, Mm -hmm. kind of see who might work. Um, but the most challenging thing, um, I guess just was, um, yeah, those two things, everything else just felt like it was, it it was par for the course. You know, It's like, I'm making a movie with talent that's volunteer and, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, very little budget. So, you know, that's, those are challenging things, but I, I was already expecting that, you know, Mm -hmm. So
0: looking back, is there anything that you would have changed?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would have done a lot of things differently. I would have had, um, uh, I, I would have had definitely a person recording audio for me the whole time. Um, and, uh, um, I think that, um, I, I definitely learned a lot and, um, I would have, Probably tried to take a lot more um, second shots. I mean, I did a lot of second, third shots, but um, there were cutaways that I really should have um, done to help with the editing process. And I even knew going into that, I was like, okay, you need these other shots to kind of be able to do that. But my mind was with some of these shots, it was gonna be one long stagnant shot. So if mm-hmm. I had that, then that was fine. But then I realized in the editing process, it's like, yeah, I can't have this 20 minute single shot. <laughs> mm-hmm. I need to cut this down and I didn't have anything to cut to. So yeah, I would have done that differently.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, are you thinking about coming out with the extended three hour long cut? Cause I know you're talking about like it being possibly like a three hour then you had to knock it down to 90, but.
1: No, I think it would be boring people to death. I think that the movie already exceeds it's, it's, <laughs> I mean, because it doesn't, it wouldn't bring anything else to the table. It just, it was more about pacing for me in my head and um, and then I had to bring it down to a um, digestible kind of uh, point. So uh, that, that longer cut was like just for me to kind of feel like, okay, here I, here I am. And now let's make this a movie, mm-hmm. you know?
0: Yeah. he yeah, so already had like 72 hours with a footage or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. a lot to work too with. Too much.
1: Too much. Yeah.
0: Um, were there any sex acts that were recorded that, got cut because you felt were too much to film like there were too much for your film
1: no no as a matter of fact there were acts that i had to cut because of time it's just like this is going on for a long time and this is just but i was like okay i think if i just show flash here and this that do that that's effective enough i Mm -hmm. don't need to but you know it's it's hard when you're shooting some of that stuff you can't just like okay we're going to jump in we're going to shoot one minute and we're done you know (laughs) so you Mm -hmm. kind of have to get through all that but nothing was too extreme i was like um everything that um i wanted to shoot in regards to that was was done
0: mm-hmm. yeah so why did you decide um the like the pacific fe- uh, fetishes that you decided to use like what was it about it? those fetishes in particular
1: the people that i cast were willing to do them
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> so True that was it,
1: was it was like okay so we needed a lot of this stuff so what were people willing to do, and um, and I thought it showed a enough of a spectrum um, mm-hmm. of of what really goes on in some of these places, and then how um, this might be a little bit beyond that. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of the, uh, everything that I I filmed. Um, I mean, people have done um, mm-hmm. even in the extreme senses. People have done uh, in one form or another. I mean, am- amputation has been done for sexual gratification in real life, which is mm-hmm. pretty amazing to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so I think that that was, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That answers your question. No, it does. Yeah. Um, going forward in any other future projects, are you going to kind of keep with the un, um, simulated aspect?
1: Um, uh, you mean if there's any other uh, sex scenes in the, mm-hmm. in my future films, will it be, um, unsimulated
0: mm-hmm.
1: um i, I if it's if it feels necessary i would keep it unsimulated if it doesn't feel necessary then it's it wouldn't be necessary it's not like i would I'm, I'm gonna force um and only cast people because you know we're gonna shoot a little bit and it doesn't even it's not even pertinent to the film you know right it wouldn't if it's pertinent to the film um i would certainly continue to do it mm-hmm. yeah
0: anyway. where did the idea for the penis creature come from
1: um my head <laughs> uh i i actually did a painting um afterwards of what i wanted the the actual creature to look like mm-hmm. and it had um a a body and huge fleshy spider legs mm-hmm. um and so it was like a spider leg thing that kind of rest of it was down into the the worm creature Mm -hmm. um and there was an animatronic puppet head that was supposed to happen Mm -hmm. and there were gills that were going to move and there was a tongue that was going to come out Mm -hmm. all of that was like okay we gotta we gotta cut all this because we just don't have time
0: Mm -hmm. and let's just get some um, some higher budget i mean the, the props aren't too much on the cost right it's just more of like the labor intensive
1: labor intensive and try to figure out how to make it work and time, mm-hmm. you know? So,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah. So, yeah, my head, um, I wanted um, a depiction of um, kind of what I thought uh, desire, um, at least in his mind might feel like, mm-hmm. and how it might, you know, be a physical form for him, mm-hmm. not what most people, but
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah. can get that. Uh, where's the penis creature now, or the sculpture?
1: Um, I wish I knew. And somebody's going to come across it one of these days, and they're going to be like, what the hell? <laughs> um, as part of Brooke's dedication to the film, um, uh, it was given as um, uh, thank you. Um, and Brooke had it somewhere um, in a storage unit or something. And, um, and then Brooke passed and I don't know what happened to it. Mm.
0: It's probably a family member has it or something.
1: I don't know. I asked around and they're like, nothing, nothing.
0: Interesting. So, yeah. I just went to auction because no one claimed it, which is unfortunate. So now yeah. really nobody like, imagine well, auction. This. Yeah. <laughs> and just the auction to that. You see it on a TV yeah. show like that. Those people that do like the, <laughs> yeah. that'd be quite an auction. Yeah, yeah,
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, how many fingers did you end up making?
1: Oh my gosh. There were so many, there were, um, uh, I don't know. I just know that Willie made tons and then they ended up fusing together. Mm Um, um, time was not on their side. And because of the material, it was latex based, not silicone based. Um, they, they age and they fused and became a mess in my closet over the years. So, Mm Yeah, it's unfortunate, but I mean, I I, I felt like there were maybe a hundred, maybe less. I don't know, mm-hmm. fifty. Yeah.
0: Can you tell us more about the fingers getting stuck inside of Brooke?
1: Oh my god, that was a nightmare. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, that was um, so Brooke um, because they were uh, latex based. Um, Brooke used, um, a, a lube to insert the fingers Mm. and, um, that lube did not work well with the latex and Mm. they fused inside of Brooke. Um, and there was probably 30 in there. Oh, damn. Yeah. Um, and the effect would have been really good. (laughs) but um when they uh, we thought we were gonna have to end up at a hospital um, mm. again um and uh it was a little bit daunting um because it wasn't just like hey i'm stuck it was like i i mean i think that yeah it was just so there was a lot of flushing and flushing and and then it was um brook kind of trying to dissect <laughs> oh, no. it was it was a nightmare it was a little bit of a nightmare and they're like okay get in the bath and try eventually it all worked out literally. yeah yeah but it wasn't um on video because that was that was a mess so we had to kind of improvise that that part
0: yeah how how did you pull off that shot then
1: there was one uh, there was a couple that um ended up being um like seen and then and then that visual was just like, oh my gosh! I had to cut that because it was just like, what am I shooting here? This <laughs> is like, are any people going to tell what's happening? And it's like, this is this is so just like it was very bizarre. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it's it's it it becomes it became even more comical than the actual scene is. Um, so it was more of just like you know you see a little bit, and then we were pouring the remains from the bucket with the fingers side, and then you know let them mm-hmm. come out that way. So yeah, and then. And then Barbie had the hands going under. So Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) it's all worked out in the end.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, was, we were all very thankful that Mm -hmm. it all worked out. Yeah.
0: Who did you originally have in mind to release the film? No one. No one.
1: Me, maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, I had no idea. I said, I'm going to make it. And uh, I guess people that will want to see it will find it that was my Mm -hmm. idea people that will want to see it will find it and um if if the only way for it to get to be seen by people is for me to um just burn dvds and um and photocopy or Mm -hmm. like you know generate case design whatever um that's what i would do and i just you know sell it whatever um but then you know unearthed came through
0: how did Stephen Byerle come across the film in the first place?
1: Um, so Jason uh, Tostevin, um, who runs the um, Nightmares Film Festival, which is where uh, 29 needles had its world premiere, um, and uh, Jason and um, somebody that interviewed me there, um, Rebecca Reinhardt, um, uh, they both suggested like, you know, this would be a perfect film for Stephen Barrow. And, and I'm like, who? I don't know Stephen. I, I mean, mm-hmm. I wasn't in
0: the, the scene. I, didn't, quite, I wasn't in yeah. the know.
1: I didn't know the scene. Um, uh, so, I mean, I was just making a movie like out of my head with no reference and I didn't even realize there was um, I, I thought am I going to even see, is anybody even going to ever see it? I was just like, I'm making a movie because this is what I want to make. Um, but then um there was a scene and it was uh great and Byro was the person to go to and um it was um those connections were made because of the release at uh, nightmares film festival and and it won um best of the festival and um and jason was like i'm gonna make sure that you get in touch with Byro because he needs to see it so
0: oh, i think i already asked this if you're planning on putting out your shorts
1: no i don't those shorts are just trash um fun and um i don't even know i mean i used other people's i mean i'm i love the they're stupid um i don't know if you've ever seen them Mm -hmm. um but they're on youtube oh they are on youtube okay they're on youtube they're they're just nothing and i and it's i I mean i there's so much music in there from artists that i never i mean i oh for copyright yeah i listed them but you know it's like
0: but if you're gonna have yeah. to pay rights to all that it'd be I don't know what I would have yeah. to
1: do. I'm just it's up there for free and it was they're all they're all if people want to see them they're up there and they're stupid and mm-hmm. we just had fun. We were just teenagers. I had there's some really bad haircuts in it. You know? <laughs> so, really, really bad haircuts. So That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah.
0: Where where are you on the staging process for your next film?
1: I um am writing a lot. Um and I'm uh i found the location so um and i plan i would like to start filming by the end of next year oh, cool so i don't have any other things in place except for i did reach out to somebody that i was looking to um be the cinematographer um or the dp and uh we'll see um what his schedule looks like when it comes time to be that so um, we're gonna see. I don't have any. I haven't started looking for talent yet. I'm still hashing out the script, um, but um, it's gonna be one of those set location films that um, uh, doesn't need a lot of extra because that makes it easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With a with the it was gonna be like uh, twelve characters, and I think I'm whittling it down to eight. Mm-hmm. So.
0: It's kind of working that a lot. That's cool. I'm stuck to see whatever, whatever you come out with.
1: Thank you. It'll be, it'll be different. um, But I think that it'll still um, fans of 29 deals will still um, like and appreciate this, even though it might not be in the same mindset Mm -hmm. and reach the same places that 29 deals did.
0: No, thank you for um, being here and, and let me have this interview as it was a pleasure for sure
1: well, thank you um it was uh, it was indeed a pleasure for me as well and uh it was nice to kind of talk about some of the stuff that um uh i hadn't talked about in other um interviews so
0: yeah thank you. no i definitely dug dug a little bit cuz i just, i don't want i don't like reasking same questions if if people want to like check out those interviews you know they can Yeah, kind of attitude. But I definitely appreciated it. I listened to a lot of them. Um, Especially the ones that you did with Jonathan Doe. I really appreciated those. Right. Well, yeah. Thank you again. Take care.